This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. The, the, the winds of change are blowing through Raider Nation. And Silver and Black Today keeps you up to date with the latest news and views about your Las Vegas Raiders. Touchdown, Las Vegas! With insight, opinions, and interviews. We're on the cutting edge of what's happening now. Now, now with the latest on your Raiders and the NFL. Your host, Scott Goldbranson and Mo Moten. Welcome back. It is time for a special edition of Silver and Black today here on this hump day on Wednesday, August 30th. That's right. We're getting close to the end of August. Of course, yesterday was cut down day in the NFL. So we said, you know what? Mo calls me and he says, Scott, we got to do a show on Wednesday, not Thursday. People want to know what's going on. They want to hear from us. And I said, well, yeah, probably. So let's do it. So that's why we're here. And you're talking to Mo Moten. He's a senior NFL writer over at Bleacher Report. He sometimes does live Bleacher Report chats on the Raiders. But yesterday, Mo, the Raiders decided to wait like four hours and 15 minutes after the deadline, the last one in the NFL, to send out the roster. I don't know why. So Mo had all these disappointed fans wearing his T-shirt, sitting on the chat function, and they couldn't talk to you. Well, they could talk to you. But you couldn't go on live because the Raiders never released their roster. I'll say this: the Raiders owe me some money. I'm not gonna say the amount. <laughs> I almost said, I almost said the amount. The Raiders owe me some money. I had to cancel my Bleach Report live stream on Tuesday because 6:30 Eastern time was the cutoff. 3:30 Pacific was the cutoff, and the Raiders hadn't announced their roster until I believe it was around 7:30 Eastern, 4:30 Pacific. So. Not only did they miss the Eastern time, Western time deadline, they missed it. Even if it were 4 p.m. Western time, they missed it. So, yeah, they owe me some money. Mark Davis, <laughs> you know, will kiss you guys. Send me a check whenever I, you know, <laughs> send you my address. You owe me some money. Yes, <laughs> it was weird. Uh, you know, we thought that maybe there might be a deal going down, even though there's a deadline. They have the reporting, all that kind of stuff. But anyway, yeah, it it it, it, it sunk quick, your life. Quick thing, quick, quick thing, and I know people are going to say this because I've been covering Raiders since 2014. They usually wait till later in the day to release their roster moves, but this time it was just this is by far the longest wait I can remember. I mean, this was what, like I said, three three and a half hours after the deadline. <laughs> Come on, Raiders, get it together. Ah, uh, yes. Ah, uh, uh, yes. We can we can complain because I know you had your live, which was just on and on, and then they finally had to cancel it. Um, over at Sports Knot, I was waiting because I had to do, I got assigned to do the Raiders story. Just, you know, the quick, hey, here's, were there any surprises? Of course, there was a trade earlier in the day, which we'll get into. 
But, uh, you know, you're waiting, waiting, because then I got to cook my kids dinner. And I'm still waiting. And I'm like, and then I had to run to the grocery store. I texted you and our good friend Evan. I said, I know as immediately when I pull out of the driveway, the roster is going to drop when I have to run to the grocery store, right? And luckily it didn't. It, it, it was when I got home. But anyway, enough of us complaining about us doing our jobs. Um, well, we look at the <laughs> roster cuts and uh, not a lot of surprises. A few, I would call them minor surprises, maybe a couple that you'd maybe teeter on uh, being major. But I, I want to focus in on first really is is the cornerback position. So we saw... We knew it was a competitive room. We've talked about that for weeks here. We've talked about the fact that uh, our, our one of our guys that we root for here, I know we're objective, but one of the guys who's been on the show three times, actually been on Silver and Black today three times, and we've gotten to know him pretty well, is Amik Robertson. We didn't think he was going to make the cut, and instead they cut Tyler Hall, they cut Sam Webb, uh, as well as, um, who am I missing? Duke Shelley. Duke Shelley. So, so they cut mm-hmm. those three veterans, uh, and and that surprised me. Did it surprise you as much as it did me, especially Tyler Hall? The biggest surprise for me was Tyler Hall because <laughs> hours before the roster dropped, I said, I don't know why a lot of beat reporters and people let Tyler Hall off their roster and, because Tyler Hall has more versatility than Amik. Tyler Hall can play both safety positions, yeah. and to me, he's their second-best slot guy behind Nate Hobbs, but of course the Raiders feel differently now. He may find his way back to the practice squad, but I like Amik. I just didn't think he was going to make it simply because Tyler Hall is more versatile than he is. Now people will say, well, Amik play outside. The problem is that Amik isn't that great when he moves outside. He has that height disadvantage. So you, I think I prefer Amik in the slot, but it seems to me they chose Amik in the slot over Tyler Hall on the side. Duke Shelley wasn't that big of a surprise for me. Because no. remember, I got on with you and Murph and I said, I, I, I went over you and Murph and I said the cornerback room didn't really do themselves any favors in that last Cowboys game. <clears throat> None of those guys looked exceptionally well, played exceptionally well. So I, while I had Duke Shelley on my final 50-man roster, I'm not surprised to see him go. I took yes. Sam Webb off because I said Sam Webb's not making it. He just didn't yeah. do enough. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that that was it. Earlier in the day, they made a trade. Near Neil Farrell Jr. traded to the who? What? Kansas City Chiefs, yes, a rare interdivisional trade between the Raiders uh, and the Chiefs. The Raiders get a sixth-round pick. Of course, Neil Farrell Jr. was taken in the fourth round. So you could look at that as a loss or as a bad pick. Um, Mo, I look at it as, listen, Nesta Jade Silvera secured his spot on that team. He earned it. He was a rookie. He was, what, sixth round? Sixth round? Sixth round rookie. Seventh, sorry, yes, seventh round rookie out of Arizona State. He came in there and he beat out a guy that was a fourth rounder. I, it's just the way it goes sometimes. It's not a bad thing that you then trade that guy for a sixth rounder. You found a seventh rounder. To me, it equals out in the wash. Uh, and and the, the point was, Neil Farrell Jr. didn't play bad. That's why the Chiefs were willing to trade for him. The Chiefs, of course, are without Chris Jones, who appears, appears headed to a lengthy holdout Against the Chiefs, it does not appear he'll be there for week one or any time after that. So the Chiefs needed help, and the Raiders obliged. And you made a really good point as people were complaining about uh, trading with their arch rivals. Tell people your point about Josh McDaniels, Dave Ziegler, the plan, and why you shouldn't get upset that they made a trade with the Chiefs. So I, you know, a lot of people were like, oh, you made a 
deal with the with the rival team why would you do that and blah 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 and i said look while it's rare it does happen in the middle of last season the detroit lions uh traded tj hawkinson who's a pro bowl tight end to the vikings they yeah. sent a pro bowler now tj hawkinson was a pro bowler before he got to the vikings was a pro bowl in 2020 they sent a pro bowl player to a division rival and people are up in arms about sending a rotational defensive tackle to the chiefs now, unless Neil Farrell turns into a Dominican Sioux, this is not going to come back to bite the Raiders or Dave Ziegler. My my overall point was Dave Ziegler is going to make a deal with whatever team makes sense for the Raiders. Right. If the deal makes sense, whether it's the Chiefs, the Chargers, the Broncos, or any other team, he's going to make the deal, and he felt that that deal made sense. Now, a lot of people ask, how does it make sense? Well, you kind of talked about it. Nessa J. Savera happened. So he, Adam Butler made the roster that happened. Yeah, yes. now I know that it, it seems like they <clears throat> gave up or looks like, well, they did get, give up technically on a fourth round pick, but what are fourth round picks expected to be in the NFL? There's expected to be rotational players, depth players with upside to be a starter eventually. And I'm just not up in arms about them. You know, I guess, trading or flipping a fourth rounder into a sixth round pick because that's what a lot of people are focusing on oh he was a fourth round pick and he only got a sixth round pick for him but he plays a, a, a position that's low on the premium chart you think running backs and linebackers are devalued <laughs> defensive tackles unless they're rushing the passer don't have a lot of value in the open market so to me for the Raiders to get something for Neil Farrell Jr is a positive if they were in the end going to cut him anyway i'd rather give him to the rival chiefs and get some draft capital than cut him and get nothing if that was the alternative and that's it i mean they, <clears throat> excuse me they obviously knew they were going to part ways with neil farrell jr and to be able to get something for him was great yeah like you said a fourth rounder getting yeah. a sixth rounder but <clears throat> it happens when you start picking in those middle rounds uh, it can be a crapshoot. It's going to be a crapshoot at the first round. I mean, look what happened with the 49ers and Trey Lance, right? I rest my case. So you just never know. What up, y'all? It's your boy Danny Green, three-time NBA champ. You either rooted for me or rooted against me. Join myself and my co-host Harrison Sanford on the Inside the Green Room podcast. It's a podcast that brings you never-before-told tales from the locker room to candid interviews with basketball legends to breakdowns of what's happening in the NBA right now. Whether you're a diehard fan or casual about your hoops, this podcast brings you the game like never before. Follow Inside the Green Room on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. It, Scott, if, if Nessa J. Silvera turns into a pretty good player, high upside player, people are going to be like, but that fourth round pick from 2022 <laughs> Neil Jr. got away from us. No, people are going to forget that. Yeah. I, I mean, like I said, it's not like they, they gave Max Crosby a, a formal fourth round pick to the Chiefs, a high-end player who's one of their, arguably their best player, not arguably, is their best player in defense. Mm-hmm. It was a rotational player who you were hoping to take a, a, another step in his second year but with a crowded D-line, you got Byron Young there now. Jerry Tillery's back. Like I said, Adam Butler made the roster. With those guys, Blau Nichols is still there. You know, how much, how many snaps was Neil Farrell Jr. really going to get? And are you really going to miss him that much in the regular season? I would say no. So as I said, if you're, if you're going to cut him anyway, might as well get something for him, whether it's the Chiefs or another team that's not a rival. Another surprise cut in my book uh, was Philip Dorsett, uh, the second, of course, the wide receiver, originally out of Miami, a veteran, uh, although he was playing a lot in that last game, late in that game, and so you kind of got the sense that that was happening. Obviously, he can return kicks. 
The Raiders seem to very be very happy with what they have. Christian Wilkerson has come over from guess where? The Patriots. England. Mm-hmm. Right? Where he was last year. He developed an amazing rapport with Aiden O'Connell. Uh, he seems to be a hardworking guy. He ran. He's very physical wide receiver, too, Mo. That's the thing I was impressed with, him going up on contested balls during the preseason. And and we heard that report out of camp as well. Uh, this kid, you talk about a kid who really worked himself onto the roster, I think, in a pretty crowded wide receiver room with some veterans that you're obviously saying goodbye. You know, Cam Sims, obviously. And then you had Keenan Cole as well. Um, man, I mean, pretty good little story there with Christian Wilkerson. Yeah, I'll give a quick shout out to Alex Manfreda. He's one of, the, I think he's the deputy editor of Raider Ramble. Raider Ramble. Yeah. He said, he said, uh, Christian Wilkerson has a, has a strong rapport with Aiden O'Connell. Could mean something. It might, might not mean anything. And he was onto something because, as yeah. you just said, I believe he had 10 catches for 122 yards in that last game. <laughs> so he was basically competing with Philip Dorsett for that last wide receiver spot and he had the better performance so it makes sense that he would make the roster i was of the belief that philip dorsett being the veteran there with more years in the league mm-hmm. and then being a, a more speedy wide receiver to to complement trey tucker who is a little consistent inconsistent with his hands i thought philip dorsett would have the inside track to the roster spot but christian wilkinson played well and and he 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 made it he made it work for himself made a strong case for himself and that's why he's on the 50 man roster right now yeah, and he was one of those guys who, who performed so well during the preseason that you know other scouts, other teams were well aware of him, and so you weren't going to be able to probably stick him on the practice squad, right? He he would have been able to be yeah. because on the practice squad, basically all those guys are free agents, and technically, uh, even though the Raiders retain rights, the first right of refusal for them. So so I think that that was what they looked at, and they went with the younger guy. I mean, you you get the, you get the theme here with going with younger players. I mean, we're seeing it. Not everywhere, but most spots on the Raiders. They're trying to build this roster, and so they're giving these guys opportunities as well. So it was good. Were you surprised at all by Sincere McCormick being cut? Not at all, because I felt like Amir Abdullah was going to make it because he's their primary pass catcher out of the backfield. Mm-hmm. Brandon Bolden is a core special teamer. So there's just no room for another running back, especially with Josh Jacobs being back, and you know he's going to be your workhorse again. I, there was just no room for Sincere McCormick. And, I, again, I know he scored two touchdowns in, in that preseason game, the first preseason game, I think it was. Yep. But after that, you know, not much. What, what had he produced? Not much. So mm-hmm. it, he just didn't make a strong case for himself after after those two touchdowns. The one thing I will say that kind of surprised me, Joy Meredith made the roster. Oh, yeah. I, I didn't see – I didn't see <laughs> – maybe I missed it. Shout me out if you did have it. But I didn't see Jordan Meredith on anyone's final depth chart projections. <laughs> yeah. I had no I had McClendon Curtis, who I felt like played well, but Jordan Meredith played his way in. Congrats yeah. to him for making it initially. Yeah, McClendon Curtis, one of the, the, the casualties of cut day, uh, as well as Cole Fotheringham, tight end, who, who looked pretty good. Hopefully – he catches on somewhere. And then uh, Drake Thomas, of course, a guy we talked about last game uh, who did really well, uh, but just not enough. And I think from a size perspective there. By the way, news out of Houston, Corey Littleton was cut today too as well. So, uh, man, I feel bad for that guy. He was such a dominated player in, with the Rams, went to the Raiders, never found it, and went to Houston and never found it, man. You hate to see somebody you, decline so quickly. I don't feel that bad for Corey Littleton because guess what? The Raiders are still paying still him paying about $10 million in dead, still money, on the dead cap. cap money. 
He's still on the he's still on the Raiders payroll for about ten million, so I can't feel too bad for him. Yeah, he's still getting paid pretty well. He's gonna live a good life, that's for sure. All right, we are at the end of our first segment here on the special edition on a Wednesday of Silver and Black today, an Odyssey Original Podcast. By the way, I forgot to tell you at the beginning of the show. If you don't already subscribe to the show, please do so wherever you get your audio. Just look for Silver and Black today. Also, if you dare, follow Mo on Twitter. M-O-E-M-O-T-O-N. You can follow me at LV Gully. The show is SNB Today. And we will be back right after these words. So stay where you are. <laughs> 